How do you go about making your voice sound like someone else's? Why would you? I'll be chatting to a bunch of people who can answer those questions and many more as they reveal the dark arts of impressionists. I'm Simon Lipson, and this is Making an Impression. Welcome to Making an Impression, and uh, I'm delighted to be joined today by actor, voiceover artist, and uh, fortunately for us, impressionist, Alex Jordan. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? Oh, good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well indeed. Thank you. Uh, we we speak at a time of uh, national crisis, obviously, and it's uh, it's tough for everybody, and so we're we're doing this uh, via Skype as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, in the studio. Um, we hope for better times ahead. Um, perhaps we can cheer some people up as we go along the way. Um, Alex, you uh, very kindly, when I was putting the pitch out for Impressionist, you tape, which I thought was brilliant. And um, so just tell me a little bit about how you, when did you first discover that you had a bit of a gift for both voices, accents, and, and all, all the rest of it, really? So, um I discovered pretty young, um, as you may have noticed in the clip that I sent you, that clip is actually now pretty old. Um, yeah. We're nearing on, I think it was 2008, around then it was, or maybe 2009 oh, really? yeah. it was posted. Um, so yeah, I discovered pretty young. I think I must have been about year eight or nine when I first started doing it, uh, sort yeah. of impressions. Um, I kind of just started with things like mimicking uh, uh, David Dickinson, um on deal on no uh, no no uh i can't even remember the name of the show he's bargain hunt i don't know yes yeah bargain hunt. um started with that um and then i kind of you know i was just feeling my voice and then it started yeah moved on to little britain i was doing lots of sort of little britain impressions um just kind of entertaining the the, the class you know yeah. the the pupil that the teachers hated because i was just too busy thinking about how to make people laugh yep. rather than actually doing my work. <laughs> um, uh, which also, yeah. also annoyed my teachers because I still got by with fine grades. So they couldn't really sort of make an example. Do you know what I mean? They couldn't make an example and go, you see, this is what's happening is because you're messing around playing about you you're flunking. Yeah. I was always, yeah. you know, I wouldn't say I got amazing grades, but I was always just constantly doing all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's just a frustration for my teachers. Um, yeah, and and were, then were you doing doing impressions of the teachers as well? Was that you know to amuse amuse your mates, or did you uh, tend to stick to well known voices? A couple of teachers, yeah, a couple of teachers. Um, mainly, what? Well, there was one who was my form tutor, who was also my economics teacher, um, called Mister Cross. Yeah, and uh, every time I would in economics class every time I'd sort of you know be misbehaving and kind of chatting and stuff and it'd tell me to calm down and now now you know sort of all that I would just come straight back with his own voice like telling me off <laughs> just like, no no Alex no no Alex no really? no yeah. um, which would always just sort of but then the thing about him was he was such a pleasant character that he couldn't get angry because he would always find it my impression of him amusing yeah, so it's yeah. Just... <laughs> that's an excellent uh, line of defence. That um, I mean, actually remind my, I think my we had a uh, deputy head in my school called called uh, Mr. Barling, and he was Welsh. He was known as Taffy, obviously, because we were very inventive with our uh, nicknames for teachers. And um, 
I, I threw a fabulous impression of him. You know, he spoke like that. And he was very, he was absolutely fearsome. You know, he didn't want to get in, in his way. Uh, but I never did it to his face because, <laughs> because that would have been instant detention forever. So, uh, yeah. But I, so moving from there, so you, you, were, you, you, were, you, were you the, you know, the family? Did they all get around? Ah, come on, Alex, come on, come on, do a yeah. few voices. So you, you know, would you do like being the center of attention? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a pretty early age when I started doing sort of characters and stuff, you know, for my family. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I must have been about sort of nine, ten when I started doing these little characters and you know, putting on stupid voices and stuff. Um, and I remember very, very clearly. So I grew up in Chichester. We've got a fantastic theater in Chichester. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they've also got an amazing youth theatre. I mean, it's developed now into this incredible youth theatre. Back then, you know, it was sort of it was getting started and it was getting underway. Um, I remember one evening sort of messing around in the, in the dining room sort of just after dinner. And we had some guests. And I was doing some stupid voices. And my parents were like, you know, what would you like to, you know, apply for the youth theatre? Yeah. Um, I was like, I just kind of, sure, why not? I mean, I'm, you know, eight or nine years old, you kind of, you don't really put too much of a of a thought process into it you just kind of go yeah okay yeah um, yeah then i went to the youth theater um did through, that feel uh, like this this is me this is i've arrived you know this is, the, this is an eye-opener absolutely 100 yeah. percent. it was brilliant yeah. and i was gifted purely by where i was born i was gifted yeah. access to facilities that pretty much no one else in the country has there's no yeah. there's no other youth theater in the country on a localized scale like that with a theater like that with the facilities that that has the reputation really and you know there's the national youth theater which is great but there's a you know, it's huge whereas this was you know you were you were doing when i was there it was like it was 30 kids in each academic year group in the youth theater so you got yeah. such such a direct you know sort of focused amount of of, of, of attention at, given to you know you know teaching you all this stuff and then we were uh you know we we, we were the christmas show at chichester festival which they still are the youth theater still are the christmas show at chichester festival theater filling out you know every single performance filling out a 1200 capacity seat of theater yeah you know you're like when you're 10 11 years old doing that every year and then doing a promenade show we did a promenade show where i uh, it was my last show with the youth theater when i was 18 i played toad toad to toad hall yeah and did it as a promenade around the whole the, the headquarters in the factory of Rolls Royce, and at the end wow. I got to I got yeah. to drive in a Rolls Royce, <laughs> like, <laughs> like and just because, just because yeah. of this theatre and that you know gifted me these unbelievable opportunities. That I say yeah. was just yeah. was just solely down to the fact that I was born about 100. You know, I was born in, well the theatre the theatre is right next to the to the hospital. I was born about 150 meters one side of the theatre and raised about 150 meters the other side of the theatre. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so you 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 know a classic example of uh, right place, right time, and, and, and so, so let's 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 put you to the test now. Um, you know, um, you, what can you remember? What would what was your earliest kind of celebrity impression? The one that you know you might do when you're out with your mates or you know with your family. Sure, I know this for sure, a hundred percent. It's the yeah. one. So it's, this is how I got started in YouTube, which is how my agent found me. Um, yeah. it was the peak time of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. We were doing Peter Pan. Um, 
and I was playing Smee and my costume in some respects, there were some elements like the bandana that I had, you know, I had no wig and it wasn't, you know, like I would, they were doing like, uh, just some elements, you know? So we were all messing around all of us, the pirates backstage. And I started doing this voice and I kind of was already, you know, fiddling about with impressions from a young age, yeah. but then I just yeah. suddenly kind of felt like I caught it. Do you know what I mean? There's a, there's some yeah. Yeah. different impressions by different ways, but that you can, you just suddenly, you just kind of, you go for it and it just, there's something about it happens straight away. And I was like, Oh yeah. So yeah. I went home, I watched videos of, of, I watched the DVDs and I watched, yeah. um, I watched videos of other impressionists. Um, and I got to the point where it's, it sounds so bad, but I was watching these impressionists. I was going, Mine's better than this. <laughs> and, and, and so I've kind of, and two of these impressionists were having a bit of a, a Barney between them about public Barney, about who had the best impression. Yeah. Um, and I kind of waded in with this video of me, you know, sort of being like, well, why don't we all just sort of all get along and maybe we could work together. And, you know, everybody can be friends. And there's no reason for any of us to argue, you know, sort of all that. Kind of, and, and, and I noticed right. very quickly that a lot yeah. of people then started coming to my, a lot of, you know, that argument between the two of them kind of fell away. And those two just kind of just stopped making videos. <laughs> so <laughs> which, so you, uh, you, you kind of became the, the, go, the go-to for that voice. And did, did, yeah. you, you mentioned something interesting that I think is, is you know you know I'm a, I'm a former professional impressionist. I, I tend, tend to think of myself very much as out out in the gloaming now. Uh, you know my age uh, a bit past it all. But something that really <laughs> really resonated for me there was when you said it just there was a moment when you thought that's it you can you know there's there's all and it's true isn't it with most impressions there's a kind of a moment where you think click it, yep. you've got it and you yep. sometimes you can work and work at an impression. And you chip whatever, whatever reason you just can't find the the, the timbre, you can't find the accent. You, there's something that's just missing. You can get maybe get bits of it, and then and there's there's a there's a moment when it it connects. Definitely. And do you, when you get to that moment, um, do you because you do a very good, um, you do lots of good impressions. But um, I loved your on your um, uh, voice reel. You do uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. Was that? Give us, give us a, sh- a burst of that, and, and also tell me what it was about that voice that suddenly you realised it was mm. there. How did, how did you, or did you, did you have to manufacture that one? Did you go away and learn that? So I feel so the walker that I've got at the moment is uh, now I want to update him because uh, I've got this young, you know, it's Christopher Walken when he's younger is kind of like <laughs> this. But now he's kind of, it's that same, you know, the Michael Caine when he's younger and then yeah. it's Michael Caine when he gets a lot. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So it's like that. Walken's kind of yeah. had something similar to that in the past. Yeah. I feel yeah. Even in the past 10 years, he's become, um, he was already a sort of a bit of a car- you know, caricature. But now it's sort of, it's kind of gone even further. He's become even more of it. So I want to update him. Yeah. But that one was the way that I found that one. And sometimes I find this is the easiest thing to do with people like that is I the, I was kind of struggling to really feel like I was getting there. And then I just pushed it to an extreme. Someone like that, I pushed it so far into a caricature of, of him that I could then wind it back down yep. to an impression. Yep. So I feel, I feel like for him, the, the click moment for me with him happened when I just decided to make it a caricature. Because I think there's a, there, are, there are different types of impressions. Yep. Certain ones I think I do... I'd say there's, there's three. There's three categories of impressions. There's a sound alike, 
which yep. is like you literally couldn't probably could not distinguish them from the real thing. Yeah. An impression, which is a damn good, uh, accurate, you know, an accurate um, imitation of them. And then there's a yep. caricature. There's a caricature which kind of heightens all of those things about the person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes I find that the easiest thing is just to jump to a caricature and read it back. Other times it just is, you know, it just clicks straight away. Other times yeah. you leave it and you sleep on it for a bit and then you come back and suddenly just something yeah. seems to make sense. But there is always a definite, ah, yes, yeah. that's yeah. it. That's I'm in the ballpark. I'm in the ballpark. And then once you're in the ballpark, you can fine tune it from there. Yeah, exactly. That's a fascinating uh, break, breakdown. Cause I, my, my view is, and always has been that, even the the best impressionists, uh, and we'll talk about the best impressionists later because I've got my own view on that. Yeah. Um, but th- they have maybe 10, 15 voices that are pr- as, as exact as you're going to get. Yeah. And, you know, where you can say, look, you won't know the difference. If you're, if you're not focusing too hard or you're not listening to me next to that person – you won't know that I'm not Ronnie Corbett, no. you know, I used to do Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie. And, and I always felt that you, you, you know, you, you wouldn't probably wouldn't know the difference if I really was on, on, on my game. Yeah. And then you mention the ones where you're close enough for it not to matter. And I think that was, that's the bulk of, of, of good impressionist yeah. uh, portfolio, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, when I was, doing stand-up i think most of my impressions would have fallen into that category because quite often the the exact one is not the funny one uh and you know so and then we that you mentioned the the sort of the caricature what i i used to call the cartoon impressions where i would you know you you'll be familiar with this i might do oh you know i might do peter beardsley and i'd spend most of the time doing his face Mm-hmm. And then, and then at the end, something like that, you know. And it didn't matter that it, that's how he spoke, or he didn't speak. It was just a sort of a Geordie with a bit of a lisp, and that was that would get the bigger laugh than my very accurate impression of you know mm-hmm. uh, Sean Connery or whatever it might be. Um, take just let's go back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier about other impressionists. Um, were there, you know, as you as you were developing your skills as an impressionist were there other impressionists that you either admired looked up to or indeed you know kind of stole bits from because we all we all do that don't we We find hooks that other impressionists have found you think ah yeah i can see i can see how he got that voice and now i can do it yeah yeah so there was a dude um called pete in my local area guy called who um was sort of on the comedy scene uh in chichester relatively small scene but it's you know there we've got a little place called uh la havana um and sort of they got me in to do my first bits of impression based comedy there i've only really done a couple of bits of stand up in, in my life for many right. many years many years ago back when i was a teenager um and uh yeah so he he was a and he was he was very helpful there was also so in fact, he was really helpful just listening to his Christopher Eccleston. And there yeah. was a line, there was a line which I kept repeating over and over until it clicked to, to yeah. hearing to then. And that was, um, it was the whole universe spinning a thousand times a second. It was, it was, yeah, that, <laughs> so that line. Brilliant. That still, there yeah. was something about the thousand times a second. That suddenly, until I, yeah. until, until that, those sets of, of, of sounds just, it was like, I worked that. And then I got that. And from that moment on, I was like, I could just, 
I got it. Yeah. Um, so, he's yeah. confident. so you kind of, you kind of, you you take a little uh, a, a snippet. You realize you've got it, mm-hmm. and then you fan out, don't you? Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can fill in all the gaps outside of that with with not with all voices, I think, but with quite a lot of voices once you've got Definitely. the hook. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was another impressionist, a guy called Terry Minot. Um, oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, Terry's yeah. fantastic. Terry, actually, I owe my voiceover career to Terry. Yeah. Terry found me on YouTube. Yeah. And he was he was with Rabbit Vocal Management. Yeah. Who have now become Say So Voices. Yeah. Um, he got in touch with them and said, look, I'm moving, but I found this young guy on YouTube and yeah. I'd really like to set you guys up with him because I think he was, you know, he's got a good future ahead of him. Yeah. Um, and he set me up with a meeting and I signed with Rabbit back in, I think it was 2008 when I was 18. Yeah. And I've been with them, and now they say they've changed to so Voices, but I've been, I was, I've been with them ever since. And it, it, if it weren't for Terry, have, you know, being such a lovely guy and, and yeah. doing that, I wouldn't have the career I have now. I mean, maybe I might have found my way into it some other route further down the line, but yeah. every year in every year in the in the game that you have is is more experience. The more experience, the better you get. So yeah. for me to be here in where I am in my career now, I completely owe to this other impressionist who was just yeah. generous enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, in that moment, he looked at it and he was like, well, and he could, well, why am I going to help someone who might, you know, take jobs away from me? Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah. Which is great. I- it was interesting. I've got a similar story, which is I, you know, I went in for the what was well, the Hackney Empire New Act of the Year competition mm-hmm. in about about four hundred years ago. I think it was ninety, yeah. must be ninety three, probably. And um, we did the the heat in this little pub next to the Hackney Empire. It was just a racket. No one could hear anything. And I happened to do my heat, and I, it was my it might have been my sixth or seventh gig. I didn't know what I was doing, but I could do some voices, you know, and. It, um, with Ronnie Ancona, um, who absolutely brilliant impressionist. She uh, was great. She she was quite experienced at the time. And also at the time, she was uh, going out with uh, Alistair McGowan, who who I didn't know was in the audience. And Mm. about about, uh, a week or two later, he rang me up. And I did get to the final, incredibly, I don't know how, but <laughs> remarkable things happen. Um, and he rang me up and said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this radio show uh, on Radio 5 tonight, uh, and I can't do it. And I, I've mentioned you to them. Would you, do you fancy doing it? And that was kind of, you know, that's a similar sort of story. That, it, and, and, of course, in the end, I, I, I worked with Alistair quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may have taken work off Alistair, who knows? Um, yeah. But he was generous in that respect. I, and I, I, you know, had a brief interaction where I found him to be extremely generous when I was, bloke, yeah. when I was about 14. Yeah. When I first started doing them, yeah. um, doing a play down in Chichester called 511, which was all about the gunpowder plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was playing King James. Um, and basically, he was staying in um, the his digs were uh, my best friend's aunts. So when he arrived down, me and my best friend went you know around and helped him move all his stuff in. And then I, he yeah. was just at Manchester, and I just got chatting to him. And he actually was very free and generous with his advice and his time. Yeah, yeah. And just a random fourteen-year-old kid who was wanting to ask him about impressions and stuff. And I, I found him to be yeah extremely, extremely generous. 
Um, he, he, was, he was a lovely bloke. Um, and actually, most impressionists I've met along the way seem, you know, pretty, pretty, they're, they're mostly, well, a few of them are, are slightly bonkers, but on on the whole, <laughs> they're, they're decent people. Did, did you, um, so we're talking about, uh, you mentioned Terry Minot. Were there things that you picked up from Terry, either in the broader sense of, you know, how to go about producing an impression or... Was it more a case that, well, did he did he give you tips on particular voices, or were there other impressionists that you looked at? I mean, in my day, it would have been, you know, Mike Yarwood, who actually wasn't a great vocal impressionist, but he he was brilliant at finding ticks and odd, mm-hmm. oddities about people. And we all, in my at my generation, we would all just copy Mike Yarwood. Were, were there yeah. things from Alistair, from John Culshaw, perhaps? From I'm trying to think of other modern day I mean, impressionists. Hundred percent, there was. Um, I feel like I was I was lucky. So with Terry, it was more the the um, the connection that he made. From, you know, that was the biggest thing um, from from him because a lot of my interest and a lot of my kind of um, formative years, I guess, of impressions. Um, I was l- really lucky to grow up um, right at the peak of um, Alice McGowan's show and yeah. Um, yeah. Dead Ringers sort of really hitting its stride on on telly. Um, yeah that sort of um, early through to like mid noughties sort of there were, you know, we had two fantastic shows with Dead Ringers and, and Alice McGowan. Uh, yeah. Alice McGowan like that was, that was a massive gift. Um, and to be able to just sit down on a regular basis, almost like a weekly basis and, and watch impression, you know, kind of really other than um, uh, Murder and Successful, on BBC three, which is again, more of a caricature. And often sometimes it's like, it's not even anywhere near the impression. That's the whole point. That's yeah. the whole joke. Yeah. Tell me right now, anything similar to that, which is just freely available on, yeah. on, you know, I mean, I know telly in its traditional format is, is not dying. So, but you know, it's being replaced by streaming stuff, but yeah, no real shows right now that you, you yeah. that are that. And back, back in the mid, mid noughties, they're really, they were, we were spoiled for choice because not only we were. You, you had it on the radio as well. So, you know, of course you did, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Dead Ringers is, is still, you know, going into season eight, 89 oh. or something, you know, she's still <laughs> around that. I think, um, uh, Spitting Image is probably coming back, yeah, yeah, allegedly. So, you know, it, yeah. it will bring the, the voice specialist back, you know, sort of front and center. <clears throat> so, just um, moving on again. So we, we talked. We talked about the sort of the, the technique of, of voices. You know, trying to find a hook. In in your case, I mean, would you say it's? Um, I think it's probably true of all impressionists that there's there's a, a large chunk of instinct going on where it's it's sort of it's a God given. Not that I believe in God, but there's <laughs> there is a a talent that you have is inherent. Uh, and yeah. you, you, you can work from there, you, you know, a gift for accents, a gift for general mimicry, but what's your process? So, so, so do you, do you, cause you're going to be asked to do an impression that you don't already do, you know, during yeah, your professional life. Yeah. What's your process? Um, so to start with, well, actually, so just generally around the subject of that natural thing, I actually wrote my entire dissertation about why can some people do impressions and other people can't. Right. Where did you uh, study? So I started, so Rose Bruford, I started at Rose Bruford. Oh, oh right, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so my so basically the, uh, a large part of it is that usually people who are good with accents and, and impressions and stuff, um, nine times out of 10, have a noticeably larger auditory cortex in their brain. So there is literally built in with you a, a natural part. So there is obviously you're coming from an, 
there's, there's an instinctive part of it. Um, <clears throat> but I find in terms of approaching a voice and how I go about it, the first thing is listen to their voice so much, so much, because the key thing is if I can't pick up a random piece of paper with some words I've never read, never read before, if I can't pick it up and instantly in my head hear exactly how their voice would say it, then yeah. I'm, I might as well not even start on the voice. Okay. Because I need to be able to, I, I need to be able to see my, my flaws in, in my impression, you know? Right. So if I yeah. pick up a random piece of paper and I can hear that person's voice exactly in my head, then I know yeah. I'm ready to go. Okay. Uh, till you are that familiar with the voice, I find it, it, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, what, why, how are you supposed to realize you're getting close to the voice if, you're not that familiar with it already. So, yeah, so that's sure. the first thing. Um, and and just, sorry to interrupt on that point. Do you, yeah. are you, do you determine to make, you know, I, I really want to get this guy's voice. So I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to record it, go back and forward over, over it. Or are you, you know, would you hear a voice on TV and, and then just do it? You And, and as you're doing it, as you're watching you know that I mean I I can do Boris, but only when I'm watching him because I don't I don't work too hard on impressions now. But you know when he starts doing his two 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 two, he'd be doing that sort of, um, and I'll pick it up from there. But I won't. Yeah, this one I don't retain. So where do you? How do you go about getting that process and filling in all of the the gaps? Um, well, so it kind of depends on the voice because some of them it just comes immediately. It, you get the click, don't you? Yeah, just yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, others I'll work on and work on and work on. And it'll never come. Others I'll work on for it, or it will come and it will come like way, way, way down the line. Others yeah. it will just come within a couple of hours or, or a day or so of working. So it really varies. Yeah. But yeah, so the first thing is just listening to the voice until I'm almost sick of their voice, um, yeah. and I just hear it in my head in everything I read and see. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then. it's kind of it's about it's about taking it to that caricature it's about going to an extreme and and whittling it down until it starts to become more accurate and then it gets into the more technical things of like then just going right what if i add just a touch a touch more nasality in there what if i just add in a touch more croak it's about it's it's almost like i i would compare it to fiddling with a mixing desk yeah, where you just kind of you know you've got a knob for each little thing, and you just give one thing a little turn and another yeah. thing. Uh, and as I say, usually I'll find a sentence, and I'll I will go over that sentence, and I will have them ready with that sentence right there, and I will just press play, and then I will repeat it, and then I'll press play, and then I'll repeat it, and then I'll press play, and then I'll repeat it, and I'll just do that over and over and over. Especially yeah. in my in my in my earlier years where I was trying to I was, it's you know it's a muscle, it's a skill, it's something you you something you know practice. Um, over time makes it easier further down the line yeah. for other ones. so obviously this so this is when i was first starting to do them i would just spend hours in in the attic on the computer on the family computer just listening to specific wow. over and over and repeating and repeating okay. and repeating. yep um and uh yeah i kind of still that's that's still the case now where i listen and repeat if i ever have a voice job where i have to do an impression i will take a clip of them and I will just put my headphones in and just repeat that the entire way. Yeah. And yeah. silently, silently repeat it back. Because for me, it's when those moments when I'm doing it silently are just as important because I'm not, th- I'm not thinking about what I'm hearing. I, once I know that I'm in the right place and I'm repeating it silently, then I'm just thinking about I'm training my brain. There's a muscle memory to repeat those, the mus- what I'm feeling you know, on a muscular level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, 
so yeah there's there's i think the process for me really it, there's no, it's it's a lot of instinct there are you know but it's majority is instinct um in, in, in terms in terms of let, let, let's take this back a, a step so your, your voice i would say is kind of uh, somewhere so it's kind of based to, to somewhere in the middle my yeah. natural voice is bassy although i'm suffering with a throat problem at the moment so it's, it's lost a bit of the bass and then there are impressionists perhaps like rory bremner um and um danny posthill whose voices are naturally at a higher pitch yeah. which obviously gives them access to certain voices that perhaps you and i can't get mm-hmm. so well um but we can we can perhaps take on you know sean connery or or something like yeah. that it's much more in our natural uh, somewhere down at our natural level what what do you do are there are there voices that you won't take on because of pitch or because of uh, you you perceive too much of a of a of a diversity between your natural voice and the voice your target voice. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it's interesting. Uh, there are definitely some voices, and this is the, it's almost like I I blocked them from my memory because I don't want to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't no. do them. Um, yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there but there have definitely there's been voices you know multiple voices in the past where you know they send my way and i just have to say to my agent look i've tried for 24 hours and i just yeah. i'd be happier yeah. be happier sending nothing and saying i'm sorry than sending yeah. something that i'm not happy with and Absolutely, that might, yeah. might make that person think in the future oh well they, they weren't too good at that so i won't consider yeah. you know i, I want to go in feeling like you you've nailed it otherwise what, what's the point um i do feel like i do there are some i still manage to like you know so there's like um you know wow Owen wilson he's like wow great fan, fantastic you know really really right you know it's up there and yeah. you know yeah. really there are certain ones where i can like i feel like i can get into that higher register yeah, yeah. Sort of light a bit but usually it's when it's something like Owen Wilson where it's kind of already there's a lot of character to it and it's it's sort of it's it's kind of a bit more of a of an exaggeration of a human voice you know there's yeah, you, you, yeah. but just just a more kind of natural human I mean that's, that sounds offensive to Owen Wilson saying his voice isn't natural <laughs> but, um, yeah yeah when it's that sort of uh, more ev- let's say everyday. Let's say yeah. you know sort of yeah. the voice you'd hear more likely here on the street. Um, do, you, do, you, do you have do you have ways of manufacturing a change of pitch that's outside your natural kind of range? Is there other thing? I mean, I used to do uh, I don't know Woody Allen, and I almost use a falsetto. I'm shocked, you know, you can't believe it that you know that kind of thing where I would have to lose all of my lower register in order to, and as I say, almost kind of falsetto the voice. Were there the voices that you would fake that way, get away with it? Yeah, I think, um, so one that I found recently that I was, I basically, I found that I could do it quite quick. It was a job that was, you know, we need you in sort of tomorrow. Can you do yeah, this? Yeah, um, I yeah. was like, right, give me a moment. I'll give it a try. And I got close enough and I was like, yep, cool. Let's do it. It was Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah, now I was going to ask uh, you about Ryan Reynolds because I, yeah. that's uh, on your uh, on your agent's uh, website, and I was blown away by this impression. So, and, yeah. and and what's more, you were doing Ryan Reynolds to a piece of film where Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds was talking. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I couldn't that's a real. That's difficult. And you 
I couldn't distinguish your voice from his. So give us a give us a burst of that. So it's the really great thing, remarkable. The really thing about him that was so it was specifically as well specifically it's him playing Deadpool, which is a fun character. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, so we got we got the voice, and then but something about it wasn't quite clicking. Yeah. And I realized I just thought I sat there. I was like, hold on, I know exactly what's not clicking. Deadpool talks through a mask, so yeah. I literally just put the. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is in two guys and a girl. Oh God, yeah, you know that sort of. And, and, then, and then we had this tagline at the end, which was the the the, the series is um, two guys and a girl. So the phrase was, you know, um, Ryan Reynolds is in two guys and a girl. And then we got to mess around. I was literally just like uh, coming up with different like. Um, Ryan Reynolds is in two guys and a girl. Oh God, that feels so good to say. Or uh, Ryan Reynolds is in two guys and a girl. Oh, you want to see that every Friday? Or like, or Ryan Reynolds is in two guys and a girl. Usually, you have to pay for that sort of thing. You know, sort of like that sort of like right stupid. Stuff. Kind of, yeah, um, yeah. We got so, it was it was it was great fun. I mean, uh, yeah that that one was was literally just. Can you be in tomorrow? Can you do it? I got yeah. close. I was like, yeah, brilliant. Went in and just little things. And it was a little thing like listen, being able to hear the voice in my head yeah, was, yeah. was what helped me to realize that all it needed to take it over the edge was my jumper over my just mouth. Flippy jumper over your mouth. Yeah. And it That's really fantastic. Um, it, yeah. I, I love, I love impressions that come out of left field and that's what's yeah. one of them. Um, because we, you know, we all do. Oh, you know, we all have a get Mark, Morgan Freeman. I'm Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, everyone has a crack at that, and everyone has a crack at Boris, and everyone has a crack at, you know, the Michael Caines, you know, Sean Connery, and we, we, you know, we all do that. Are there any others that? I, I asked this question because <laughs> there are impressions that I used to do, um, and I, I thought I know that is a great impression, but I can't find anywhere to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can't find a funny line for it. And so I'd, I'd never use it. In fact, Morgan Freeman was one of those. I used to try him on, on stand-up. And I, 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 I couldn't find a single thing. You know, I just couldn't find a thing that was funny. Have, have you got yeah. other left-field... I mean, uh, I should add that I was doing Morgan Freeman before people were doing Morgan Freeman, so that's why I say <laughs> it, it, it was left-field then, but it wouldn't be now. Yeah. What, if you, what else is in your locker that might surprise us? I mean... Just to start with, I think a key thing that you touched upon there is that, and it's what you, I was, I was thought about this earlier on when you said it. Um, I don't think impressions are inherently funny. It's what you do with the impression. Yeah. So I stopped making these YouTube videos when I left drama school because I became known as the impressions guy and that was fine. Coming out of drama school, I was also focused on getting an agent and being seen as, you know, straight actor, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of took that back. Um, because, because I think as well, like the thing is that like people always say to me, oh, I'm doing an impression, I'll do this, do that. You know, what about, you know, yeah. my friends to literally, oh my God, we went on one holiday in, while we were at drama school in the summer break to Magaluf, never again, never, ever again. Hated it. Not, <laughs> not my scene. Not it's vile there, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Um, and my mates would just like wheel me out, you know, whenever we came and met like a group of girls, they, literally they'd just be like, push me forward, just go, does impressions, boom, off you go. Um, but the problem is, is that there's two things, which is one, if the person isn't in, uh, immediately familiar, A, with the, with the person, and then B, in the head with the voice, yeah. that work, and, and B, you know, and the, the other point is, um, there's, a, there's a lot of emphasis just to go, because then it's about be funny, because otherwise, yeah. well, I'm doing the impression, but then they go, it's, it's stale within a, within a minute. 
Do you know what I mean? It's like I've done it yeah. and the initial impact has been had, but it's what you then do with it. So Morgan Freeman, as you say now, you know, so that when I ever had Morgan Freeman would be about uh, Morgan Freeman parading himself around the town, calling yeah. himself Shirley, you know, that kind of, you know, yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. That Morgan Freeman would never sort of talk about and it still yeah. just comes up with gravitas. And... So this is the end of the first part of my interview with uh, the brilliant Alex Jordan. I'll be back with the second part next week. Keep an eye out for that. And in the meantime, stay safe. Bye-bye.